electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with David Faber of the New York Stock Exchange. Cramer's at the University of Miami in Florida as part of his college tour. A lot more on that in just a minute. Futures are steady after Wednesday's Fed-driven rally. Data today pretty constructive. Q4 productivity beats. Unit labor costs were light. Got the two-year yield 405. Our roadmap begins, though, with the meta boom. Shares on pace for their second best trading day ever. Company posts an upbeat outlook and that $40 billion buyback. Plus Fed expectations delivering its smallest rate increase in nearly a year. Disinflation. Yeah, believe it or not, that is becoming the word of the day from the Fed chair Powell. And we got more layoffs. FedEx, Rivian, DraftKings are amongst the latest companies that are announcing cutbacks in their employee ranks. Let's start with Jim, though, and his back-to-school tour in Florida. Jim, walk us through while you're there. Uh, it's a beautiful shot, by the way. Thank you so much. I'm at the U, University of Miami, because I'm trying to bring the message of what we all talk about, which is how fabulous the stock market is as a wealth creator. I don't know. I think I've got people here who've stopped me already from just from walking maybe 50 yards who want to know about the stock market, what we're thinking. Uh, and I think it's just a fabulous time for young people to be learning. And I love to teach. And this is the best way. The college tour, uh, CNBC. Uh, I think I'm very lucky to work for CNBC today because I get to be at a fabulous school and do some terrific teaching on a day, by the way, David, where efficiency and disinflation are the two things that we're looking at. I didn't think that that's what we'd be talking about today. Did you? No, I would not have. And it's funny you mentioned disinflation, of course. Oh, we take a look at some good video of you. There, You look a little younger there. I don't know what's I going knew on you were here gonna now, say Jim. That. I've been working. I was going to cut this. I wasn't going to use it because I said someone's going to say he looks younger. What am I watching here? What what is this? A promo Carl, reel for the highlights? Carl, of, could you take Yeah, roadshow oh road shows, I'm told. We're just watching your road shows. When we Jim. come back on when we come back on that's, from this commercial, I'm gonna crush it. These are you. great. These are great. And you look amazing. <laughs> um, really, you do. That's All why right, I love back you. Back to your question, because I, I think it was an important one, and, in, and it's kind of funny because I just had a conversation with somebody who said, you know, listen, the narrative right now in this market uh, is pretty straightforwardly. We're at peak soft landing, and everybody's talking about the soft landing and how well Chair Powell has done so far to make that more of a possible reality. The person went on to say, listen, I'm not going to say that this is something that we're going to really be talking about as it's going to happen, but a next narrative that could be disinflation. Can you believe that? I don't know if you can, Jim, but that's kind of where some of the market conversation is going right now as people look at the current inflation numbers what the Fed chair had to say, and the way the market is reacting, of course, whether it's to bad earnings at Microsoft and the stock goes up, or not great earnings at AMD and the stock goes up, or very strong earnings at Meta and the stock soars. This is great analysis, David, because if you listen to yesterday what Powell did, he's no longer talking about how inflation is slowing or inflation is leveling off. He's now talking about the rollbacks 
and he wants to see rollbacks to where things were before the pandemic. And he's got a lot of things that are in, uh, let's say, his camp that have worked, box check. But, Carl, the one thing he hasn't got uh, is wage inflation. He hasn't won on that. I, we have an unemployment number tomorrow. And that's why I asked to keep raising. These people who think that he's about to cut, Carl, I, I don't know. How could they be so brilliant? Are they, were they the kids in the class like, I know, I know? Because they don't. We need to see how wage inflation can get under control. Because it's not. I talked to Brinker yesterday, which is Chili's. We all know Chili's and Mangiano's. And they said, look, there's a lot of people who've been priced out. They can't go to the restaurants anymore because we raised price. But the people who are well off can spend like crazy, and they are. So, Carl, I think that that's the one thing that the uh, Uber bulls don't get, which is that wage inflation has not been conquered. Yeah, uh, today's the unit labor costs. We were looking for 1.5. I uh, got 1.1 1, 1, uh, for Q4. That's the lightest uh, since uh, March of 21, uh, which definitely helps. But then again, you got jobless claims awfully close to the lowest levels since the 60s. Uh, speaking of the rate cuts, Jim, uh, the chair was asked about the prospect of those rate cuts later in the year. Here's what he said yesterday. Generally, it's a forecast of slower growth some softening in labor market conditions and inflation moving down, moving down steadily, but not quickly. And in that case, uh, if, if the economy performs broadly in line with those expectations, it will not be appropriate to, to cut rates this year, to loosen policy this year. That said, Jim, a lot of discussion today about just lower rate volatility. I noticed the VIX today set below 17 and a half. I mean, that's net good for credit on a, on a in a year where we're starting to at least talk about the prospect of defaults. Absolutely. And I think that what people are saying is even though that the credit card companies are now giving a 20 percent interest rate, autos are six. Those were both double of what they were about 18 months ago. There's a belief that uh, that we have uh, disinflation. Pal talked about that in in these numbers, meaning that people can't afford to do things, but he's still got more work to do. Carl, what I don't get is how could a guy say, listen, we're going to keep raising and everyone just say, you know what? He's not going to keep raising. Why? Do you know that everything he said since Jackson Hole is exactly what he's done. I don't understand the mystery, Carl. Why can't people take him at face value? Because he has not deviated from the course one bit. No, he hasn't. And he's and he's starting to get a lot more plaudits for what they've been able to engineer so far, Jim. But that doesn't mean the market doesn't see the possibility of what you're talking about, or at least not just a soft landing, but a quicker reduction in inflation and therefore the possibility that they don't want to get into uh, into you know a, a scenario under which they're under two percent and then we start to get cuts. Uh, it seems hard well, to imagine in some ways, but that would doesn't that have to be the underpinning for what's been the bull case of late? Well, you're absolutely right. The the uh, what people are doing and they're quickly getting out of anything cyclical for fear that there could be, uh, let's say, an overreach by by Pal. And I've got to tell you, David, some of these cyclicals are going down second day, third day. I think it's a mistake because a lot of them are related to infrastructure, which is going to really kick in. But you're right. David, what do you make about the fact that uh, the worst stocks, the, the companies that are really in trouble, I'm talking about the Carvanas, Bed Bath & Beyond. What do you make about the fact that those are going up along with crypto? Doesn't that say that there's uh, too much uh, new money coming in in the wrong places? could be. It certainly could be a sign of that. It has been in the past. Uh, some of those moves seem far from rational. 
You've also got a number of companies, Jim, that we know well that are still not earning money that have started to see significant increases in their stock prices. Again, this is off of what was a, hor a horrendous year last year, broadly speaking, and certainly for uh, growth companies with incredibly high multiples, Jim. So, but yeah, we talked about that at the beginning of this week. I mean, the, the accretion of market cap also in names that we know well that are amongst the biggest, whether it's NVIDIA or Tesla. But I go back as well to those Microsoft numbers the fact that that stock is now higher than it was off that one day tre a lower you know, trend on Azure numbers and the worry about deceleration, right? That, that came and went fast. And AMD, a name you know better than, better than many out there, uh, uh, again, that move yesterday, deserved or not, in your opinion? I think that you said it first when you said these stocks have come down a great deal. And I think people feel they overshot because eventually inventory, and it's been a big inventory glut, does get worked off. Uh, Microsoft's surprising to me because that was a slowdown in Azure, which is their fastest uh, part of their business, which is their cloud business. And Lisa Sue, by the way, said the cloud business may not be that good this quarter. So I think the market's a little misdirected and a little bit too enthusiastic, Carl. And I, I think people just kind of want to buy anything that's down. Well, speaking of enthusiasm, Jim, Meta today uh, surging on those better than expected numbers last night and the guidance, $40 billion buyback, obviously the trim of the CapEx on the call. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg did talk about how Meta's growth picture has changed in the last year. Obviously, that changed very dramatically in 2022, where our, our, um, our revenue was um, negative for the growth for the, for the first time in, in the company's history. So that was a pretty big step down. Um, and we don't anticipate that that's going to continue, but I also don't think it's going to necessarily go back to the way it was before. So I do think this is a pretty rapid phase change there um, that I think just forced us to, um, to, to basically take a step back and say, okay, we can't just treat everything like it's, it's hyper growth. Jim, after um, your initial disappointment with that operating expense guidance last year, is all forgiven? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it was a real that I heard on that. I mean, it was like a, you know, a brain transfusion. I mean, you got a Zuckerberg last night that was talking about a mature company that's doing well, do a $40 billion buyback. We're going to be very efficient. We got a hiring freeze. We're cutting back where we can. We're probably not hiring when people leave. What we really care about is the bottom line. We're not that worried about the top line. Oh, yeah, there's that thing where you use headset. We're going to get to that. But what's more important is the core business and the fact that half the world's on Facebook. David, it was a transformation. It was a transformational call because he used the term efficiency 16 times. And this is a, a company, David, it sounded like they're a tool and die company. It's doing much better. And you and I both know that that's not what they are. But it was a joyous conference call from the point of view of shareholders, sober from the point of view of Zuckerberg. Yeah, well, you used two words at the very top of the broadcast. You said disinflation and efficiency. And to your point, that was a word used very often by Mr. Zuckerberg on the call. And a lot of people are focused on that, his newfound um, affection for efficiency and what that will mean, uh, whether it is using AI to help support them in their new data center architecture, um, you know, both AI and non-AI workloads, giving them more optionality, as the CEO said, as they better understand their demand for AI over time. Uh, new designs being cheaper and faster to build than previous data center architecture. And the numbers themselves, Jim, which have obviously come down in terms of their CapEx expenditure expectations, which is being embraced by, the, uh, by investors this morning. 
Yeah, exactly right. And I think one of the things that's most interesting is, is that you kept waiting for him to talk about the mysterious metaverse. He didn't give it to you. He mentioned it a couple times. He mentioned AI far more. David, there's a moment in this call where he basically outlines, if you really follow the subtext, that it's he's not spending as much time in the reality lab as he used to. He's still spending it. But I got the feeling that he's now talking about WhatsApp, $10 billion run rate. Maybe that's worth $100 billion. He's talking about Instagram coming back and Facebook coming back. He's really, really interested in the what I would call the meta family. It, it was a total de-emphasis of what he had been emphasizing. And before, last time he shot from the hip, he said, things are going to get worse. They're horrible, you know, this and that. No, this was a call. It was a well-exchanged call that I'm not used to, David. It was the call that you get from a mature company that's saying, don't worry, we're going to make the money, we'll do it through expense, and we'll give you some revenue growth, so stick with us. It was an amazing call. It was unlike any call he's ever given us. Really? Uh, Jim, earlier in the week you had... It was shocking. uh, You'd thrown some cold water about the relevance of FANG, at least, beyond Meta. Uh, Does that hold up after what Powell told us yesterday? Well, I think that that Powell has given you the green light to buy pretty much anything that's down. Uh, I think that that you can buy all of tech all of a sudden after you saw what AMD happened and what David said with Microsoft. You know, my feeling with with Fang's irrelevance is just that we never really seem to get the true story from the company, so we can't. Uh, can't really suss out what they're worth. But then it's almost like Zuckerberg saw the show, which sometimes he watches, and said, listen, let's tell the (laughs) truth about how we're doing. Let's go down. Let's, like, tick boxes. I mean, it was not this kind of, like, free form, let me kind of just ramble about what I think. It was, Carl, it was about the quarter. It was about the darn quarter, like everybody else. I mean, it was reduced to being prosaic. And I love prosaic. It's what I want. It was like Otis Elevator. It, it was like an air conditioning company. I loved it. Um, it was like well, other companies. Um, more on that. I don't want to get into the soap opera that's you and Meta through the years, Jim. But something you have been talking about is your belief that Reels would become a, a real competitor. And this seems to be the quarter where that also is the case. Uh, he, you know, He's talking about monetization efficiency. That is Zuckerberg on the call. And we know there's demand to see some more reels and we naturally improve the monetization efficiency and so on. But he, you know, they did see a significant uptick there. You've been talking about it as it uh, to become an important part of the company. Take a listen to what he had to say. Currently, uh, the monetization efficiency of reels is much less than feed. So the more that reels grows, even though it adds engagement to the system overall, um, it takes some time away from feed and we actually lose money. But people want to see more reels, though. So the key to unlocking that is improving our monetization efficiency so that way we can show more reels without losing increasing amounts of money. Um, We're making progress here. Thoughts, Jim? See, there, David, that's what I'm looking for. He's obviously spending much more time, as I said, he would be shifting to Reels. Uh, Reel didn't mention TikTok. Obviously, it would be great to have Congress go with him on this. We saw a Democratic senator come out and say TikTok's a problem. But what I love is this is a new Zuckerberg. He says, I'm spending time there. We're obviously not making money yet. It will inflect next year. This is really important to the company's growth. Uh, and, and David, TikTok was barely mentioned the last quarter. He was just talking about how maybe even corporations would embrace the, the metaverse. The, uh, that was gone. 
what the, yeah. TikTok was more important on the call, David, than, than the metaverse. Interesting. But it's not as it, though they're not spending enormous amounts of money still on reality labs in the metaverse, Jim. We More than ever. You know, it $5 is. Five billion, it, more than ever. It has to do with his time, David. But the company told me, listen, he's going to shift his time. He realizes these other areas. And you know, I had I would say somewhat of a relationship. Uh, he, he said, listen, I'm not going to let you down. Then we're going to move over and do the stuff that that are really necessary. That's social. David, social media. That's the term I'm looking for. They're really into social media meta. It's kind of back to the roots. It's a back to the back roots. To the tour. Future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jim, we're going to get some auto call. sales. Joyous. We're going to get some auto sales numbers in a minute. But uh, but before we get it, uh, the annual run rates uh, at a 20-month high, and uh, you've got uh, incentives down, inventory up. I just wonder what you make of the rapidly improving auto picture. It's a big conundrum, 16.2 uh, units, according to Jonas. Was, we were looking for 15.5. Uh, the incentives are down dramatically, very similar to what Mary Barra said. It is really hard to understand how homes could be selling incredibly well and autos could be selling very well. And they all have, Carl, they all sell at five to six times earnings. So you could buy Pulte. Dare I say you could even buy Ford when I expect that they're problems. My Chapel Trust owns it. Don't want to get too excited. But, Carl, autos and housing, they're supposed to be horrible right now. And they're probably the best two segments in the economy. Yeah, Ford's up 2% pre-market. We'll look for some of those numbers uh, in a little bit. Take a look at futures here. NASDAQ obviously benefiting uh, the most on a percentage basis from uh, that uh, those Fed comments and the idea that a soft landing uh, still is in the cards. More squawk on the street in a minute. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Getting those auto sales numbers for January from Ford. We're going with uh, 2%. Uh, Broncos up 37%. Interesting look at the mix of EVs. Uh, sales there up 104%. That does outpace the industry. Transit sales also more than double. Uh, Jim, the mix of EVs uh, is uh, approaching that 10% level for the industry as we get some of these. Uh, this, these numbers from Ford will help. These are this very exciting uh, number. Of course, it's just one month, but EVs, this is the year where EVs are going to go into mass production for Ford. They're not there yet. It's interesting that he said that he would have to cut, even though obviously sales are good. So he's keeping pace with Musk, but not for the F-150. Those are the numbers we have to find out. And the electric F-150 is electric. The company reports, obviously, today. So I don't want anyone to be buying it on this. But once again, Carl, there's this theme that it's not happy days are here again. It's that we got we have disinflation, as David said. Uh, it just, I can't find it. I'm looking for it every, I'm looking for it. 
I'm looking under my PC. I'm trying to find disinflation. But it's it's you, you get numbers like this and you say, well, four was at 25 and now it's at 14. Maybe I can buy it up to 18. That's what people are going to do. Yeah, I'm thinking of what uh, B of A said this morning. EV price cuts appear to defy logic. Uh, as the industry dredges through this big transition, it will likely, uh, they say irrational pricing behavior, Jim, may emerge, and that's going to make the business a lot more challenging until scale is achieved. Mary Barra from GM, no price cuts. You won't be able to get, you know, the, the first Hummer, the Crabwalk Hummer, was auctioned off for $500,000. The demand for Silverado, demand for the Hummer is so great. She's not interested. She won't even, like, Musk? No, it's like a fragrance. She is a someone who is putting out the best numbers right now. And uh, I think the stock can easily trade to 40 45 See this... Um Variety piece that uh, GM is going to start putting EVs on Netflix shows. Big uh, ad campaign with Will Ferrell on the Super Bowl. We're going to start seeing a lot more of it. I would expect yeah. we would. Marketing's got to be a key part of this, although Tesla, of course, doesn't spend any money on that. That's right. Uh, at least, well, no, free marketing. Free marketing. Free, free advertising. Take a look at futures here as we get closer to the opening bell. About eight minutes away uh, as Squawk on the Street continues on this Thursday. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge, and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Looking for some uh, S&P gainers this morning. There's plenty of them. Align Technologies almost up 20%, followed closely by Meta. Fang not far behind. Carvana up almost 30% this morning. You'll see a lot of these names move after what we got from the Fed yesterday. Opening bells coming up in five minutes. All right, two minutes before we get started with trading here at the New York Stock Exchange. Let's get back down to Miami and Jim. Get a mad dash for this morning. What do you got? Yes, first I want to thank University of Miami. This is one of the most great, the greatest venues I've ever been in a great education. I'm going to get them both. All right, so here's the deal. Dave, David, you've talked about uh, efficiency. We both talked about that. Efficiency and cutting your way to good earnings. FedEx, today, they announced a 10% reduction in management headcount. How many people do they have that even a management headcount cut? is big but it matters uh the numbers are going up 40 there's a 40 cent uh quarterly earnings per share tailwind by cutting those so david another one you can buy sorry another positive can't make yeah, them up there it is bank of america uh citing those cost cut aspirations raises the stock to a buy this morning as you know jim listen i uh you know i followed it somewhat closely de shaw had been in there as an activist i keep uh, I keep wondering whether there's another activist in there. I think there might be. So I'm not sure this story's over yet when it comes to FedEx, the pressure on the company to continue to cut costs, become more efficient, and obviously increase the bottom line. Nomination window, by the way, doesn't open until June for directors. 
isn't disruptive activists. It's the CEO. Mr. Trumpermanian, he's just crushing it. He's, he's, he's got a TNP attitude, David. He's total TNP. All right. Oh, that's take no prisoners. What? TNP. What is, what is it? TNP. Take, the, take no prisoners, TNP. Take no prisoners. He's taking no prisoners. <laughs> got it. TNP. Got it. You don't know okay. TNP? Like, uh, all right. I got to yeah. teach you stuff. Well, I'm going to teach you more than you. Let's get to the opening bell here in the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. With the big board, it is Black Rocks, Black Professionals, and Allies Network celebrating Black History Month at the NASDAQ TradingView, a charting platform and trading social network. Jim, as we watch uh, Brett fill in, back to 4160 or so, uh, one of those rare days where Med is going to lead the index. Well, look, uh, uh, Meta, we forgot, and it wasn't helped, frankly, by Zuckerberg, that this thing, half the people in the world use it. Uh, more people are using it than we thought. I think some of that is because people are going outside and taking pictures of themselves. I mean, look, I'm taking pictures of myself because I've never looked better. You understand that. Uh, but no, I mean, not uh, being facetious, but the, the end of the business that we used to love stopped growing. And now it is growing. The costs. Our cuts are serious. The idea that he spends so much time making sure everybody knew, Carl, that no one's getting hired and that they're still trimming back, it was a joy to people who felt that it didn't matter, to sh- you know, that Mark Zuckerberg didn't care, that he, didn't, that he dismissed the needs of shareholders. No more. And that's a common theme in technology. I mean, we know, uh, and David, you know this, Salesforce, I think, is under continual pressure for the same thing. They want to hear Mark Mark Zuckerberg's words come out of Mark Benioff's mouth. They want Mark to talk about efficiency. I don't know, David, if he's going to give him efficiency. Well, that's interesting. Why? What do you think he's what do you think Benioff is going to give them? Because if there is a playbook to be followed here in terms of getting your stock price up. And we know Mr. Benioff is under pressure from I don't you don't even have enough time to list all the activists. Uh, But Elliott being the main one right now, uh, why won't he go that route? Well, because I think he's going to say, I've done it already. I've announced the big head count cuts. I've announced the buyback. I've done the Zuckerberg playbook. But I don't think it's enough, say, for Elliot. I think that uh, that an activist like Elliot wants to see a new board. I think that they yes. think that it can't be business as usual. And it's not done, David. And I know you're hearing from people well, that, that the, the other day. activists yeah, are was- not happy yet. No, I mean, I did that. That was a favorite report, what, two, three days ago, right? We, when, we were, when we were here. And oh, I think I, you're right. Um, well, that's, where I, I, that's uh, where I heard it. Now I recall. That's where I heard it. <laughs> February 12th no, when the nominating that, window opens that, there. That, you know, is it a, that you have a, now a new benchmark, which is Zuckerberg, which just says, listen, you couldn't get a job here to save your life. And if you leave, we're not filling it. And then there's the soft, the soft cuts, which is Mark Benioff saying, listen, we have to trim the Ohana. You got a great product. And I think that the, there's no activist. I love that. There's no activist in, in Facebook. But, David, I just think that there's a belief that Salesforce is not going to get to those margin targets if they don't cut more, whereas Zuckerberg never had any pressure and it's just kind of self-imposed. So I come back to you, David, and say, will there be more pressure and will there be a statement that says basically from these activists, not enough, that boardroom still looks too university-like, not enough technology, and therefore it's going to be a long, drawn-out fight with Benioff? 
I think it's a real possibility. I don't have any new reporting beyond what I reported the other day, Jim. Obviously, you have great insight into the company, but I think that seems to be a more likely outcome right now. And again, there's a lot of uh, conversation yet to come, but a more likely outcome perhaps right now than otherwise. Um, Jim, uh, Jim Carl, let's move on to some other, I don't know. Uh, Jim, you want to take it? You pick. Bristol-Myers, Honeywell, Merck, Estee Lauder. Where do you want to go when it comes to earnings this morning? All right. Uh, okay. Um, these companies, uh, Honeywell is historically very conservative this quarter so they can raise the rest of the year. It always fools people this quarter. The stock goes down. You have to buy it. Chapel Trust, they've been waiting for it to come in. Bristol-Myers, well, what can I say, David? And Bristol-Myers, just this is a stock you buy when things aren't that good with the economy. So that's kind of a bit of a drag. I don't necessarily buy that. Uh, I'm very close to Fabrizio Freda and Estee Lauder. You knew he said exactly what, uh, exactly this, that he he knew that this was going to be a bad quarter. This stock was down 12 at one point this morning. And those are from people who have no idea. They can't pick Estee Lauder from Chili's. Uh, he told you it was going to be weak. It was weak. You buy the stock because now China's open. This quarter did not have China open. This quarter did not have any of the good news. So I think that Estee Lauder uniquely is about to go back to the 300s because it was bad Always because of China, and now China's coming back, and you should buy it. Fabrizio Freda will yeah. not let you down. Selling it down 12 today, David. I'm tired of this. Who is doing no, well, that? It, it's coming back to flat. Names. Carl, to, to Carl, to Jim's point, uh, they even said, listen, Chinese travel was not a part of those numbers. Now China is, as we know, much uh, much more open. Travel is back, and SC Lauder is expected to succeed. We do have a lot of weakness, Carl, in Merck. Uh, and in Eli Lilly, David Ricks was a guest earlier on, uh, on Squawk Box. Yep. Uh, stock uh, of Lilly, Jim, lowest since October. Uh, they did raise their guide, but, I mean, when your tax rate is 7%, uh, people are going to call it low quality. Okay, so people were keying on the Mujaro number. This is that drug that I've told you, the weight loss drug. Uh, right now, people are taking Wagovi. That's why yesterday I mentioned Novo Nordisk. Uh, so uh, that's the one that the insurers will pay for. Uh, right now, Mujaro is $1,700 a month if you want to lose weight. Diabetes is approved, approved for. And Rick's did not give you the kind of thing that a lot of people want, which is to say, this is going to be the greatest drug of all time. He's very conservative. Carl, what a chance to buy Eli Lilly. This is the last stop before Majorno takes over from Novo Nordisk Wegovi. That happens next month. People don't understand. Buy Eli Lilly. Right now, how, buy how, Eli Lilly. How much of these, Jim, are, in terms of David mentions pharma here, are, are execution, stock specific stories, or just general rotation into obviously what's a huge emerging growth story now? Well, I've got to tell you, I thought Pfizer's. Uh, Pfizer's guide wasn't that good. Uh, Merck is just not a hype company. But at this point in the cycle, you're not supposed to buy these stocks. The reason why I like Eli Lilly is because Mujarno is going to be in the numbers going forward, not this quarter. No doctor, no professional doctor is going to give you Mujarno to lose weight when it's not approved by the FDA for that. But next quarter it will be, I believe. And then you're going to miss uh, the next run to, to 400. But, yeah, I think it's a little stock-specific, uh, but the overall uh, trend is to want to go into really bad tech rather than go into really good pharma because the people feel that Pal gave you the high sign to do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've, we've noted that, and the market continues to move higher with the Nasdaq up some two full percentage points, Jim, on that very theme, which is stocks are just going to rip because the Fed chair gave it 
gave you what you were looking for. Soft landing becoming more and more likely, uh, at least more likely than many of the bears may have expected. But Jim, you came to this earlier. You know, wage inflation still persists. We have seen some signs, perhaps, that it's that it's trending the right way. But where are you in terms of when Powell's going to actually take the foot off the brake? Well, I think he has to do at least two because he's cared more about all the things, all the services that people have to have uh, for a home. He can't say that he wants food down. I mean, we saw Whole Foods asking suppliers to cut down, but he knows that the consumer is strapped uh, because of inflation. And it's, it's wage inflation that's driving up all sorts of costs. I, I think people should listen to what he's saying rather than just look at the, intro, the, the yield curve. What he's saying is the average worker is not making enough to keep up with the things that the worker has to buy. So we have to keep raising. And when we're done with and we break wage inflation, we had good productivity numbers this morning, uh, then he can slow down and continue. But he ought to do these continual quarters because he's very worried about uh, about purchasing power for people. And he doesn't want it disrupted. But, David, you're right about what people are doing with tech. For instance, people feel that that when Amazon reports, Andy Jassy yeah. or, or Brian Oslovsky uh, is going to say, you know what, we, too, are celebrating efficiency. We're laying off people. But if they don't, the stock will go lower. Because Zuckerberg uh, well, has now sent a, a new bar. It's interesting because uh, Amazon shares are up almost 5%. Of course, we are going to get earnings from the company. Uh, Alphabet shares are well, up 5.6%. We, gonna... we don't. Listen, they added 800,000 800, jobs over the course of the pandemic. They've cut, what, 18,000. Um, we don't, but there is a belief that the operating leverage there is going to start to trend in your favor. There's also a belief that given the Microsoft numbers, the market has already accounted for potential, not weakness, but slower growth at AWS, Jim. I, I don't know. But well, there you have it. Amazon but, is now up but, some 31% for the year. Well, my travel trust owns it because we think they're going to get more rational. And here's why. Before the pandemic, e-commerce was 16% of retail. At the height of the pandemic, E-commerce is 24% of retail. Now it's back down to 22%. Has Jassy cut back as many people as that inflection from 24 down to 22? If he doesn't, then I think you're going to feel like, I don't want to be in this stock. Because 800,000, that's an army, David. He added the the sixth army in World War II. And he's got he's to muster them back. And if he doesn't, then I think that you'll, and remember, my travel trust owns it. If he doesn't talk about efficiency and cutting the jobs back to the equivalent to what e-commerce uh, has gone down, then I think, David, people say, wow, I bought this one. I was too aggressive. You know, That's Jim, we talk a lot say. about uh, tech here, but Parker Hannafin's up four. Uh, Stanley Black & Decker up five. Illinois Tool up four. Hogs up eight. Um, all with pretty good guides today. Yeah, and that's the story. These are industrials that are not letting you down. Uh, I know that when I look at something like Illinois Tourworks, and I have them on the show, it's just an excellent company. And if you know that the Fed is engineering soft landing, which I still believe, that is, I was mentioning earlier, a tool and die company is what you buy. Well, the Illinois Tourworks is much more than tools. One time it was that. But it's, it's the right thing to do. Harley's execution, remember you asked me how much is execution and how much is rotation. Harley's execution was excellent. Illinois Tourworks was the usual excellent. 
Parker Hannafin, the usual excellent, but people are actually paying attention. Now, I, I'm very close to Stanley Black and Decker. That was an inventory problem. There was way too much inventory in the system, meaning at Home Depot and Lowe's, and they uh, suffered through the consequences. But that stock is down so low that that one could really take off, not unlike what Illinois Tool Works is doing right now. So I would buy Stanley Black and Decker, betting that uh, the great inventory glut of tools is over. Um, I did want to come back to uh, another uh, name we're going to get earnings from, and that would be Apple. Uh, uh, up 2.5%, but that's largely in line with the overall uh, NASDAQ. Jim, you know, your, your good buddy Tony Sakanagi was a guest on Squawk Box this morning talking about the name. But we've also had a bunch of guests on CNBC, whether their name was uh, Hans from Verizon or Mike Sievert from T-Mobile or John Stanky from AT&T, all of whom have talked about, or at least answered questions on, the lack of upgrades. The upgrade cycle doesn't seem to have been as quick as people had thought in terms of new phones. Sievert was talking about it with us on set yesterday from T-Mobile. Is that gonna have an impact here on these numbers? No, and this is not an important quarter. And I listened to Tony, and he is my good buddy. Let's go forward. Uh, What I really (laughs) see happening here is you gotta go to, you got to go, not Cuervo, okay? A lot of people confuse that because you know I like Mezcal and I like a good tequila. But Corvo, it's a company that is a supplier to Apple, and they, QRVO, they said some things last night that were shocking. They're not allowed to use Apple's name, but they did say that the inventory correction is really, that stock, well, it's up a lot. But the inventory correction is really running through. The glut is winding down, inventory down 20%. Okay, so they supply to Apple. So what they say is, what that says is basically this quarter, one that's about to be announced, there wasn't a lot of demand from Apple. But next quarter, we already know that demand is ramping. So why would you change and upgrade if you haven't even finished the cycle before because it's been so stunted? So I think that as much as I like all three of those uh, gentlemen that are in telco, of which Mike Sievert actually is uh, performing well, uh, I think that you just have to let this run its course. This is good. Not quarter. This quarter, not great. Next quarter, I think, is going to be very good because the inventory situation that Corvo talks about. Speaking of that, Jim, as David, we get look at in, that chart. Start. David, that's reverse head and shoulders. I know how much you care. I know how much you care about you that. Do, you, you do. You know that uh, technical analysis yeah. is really my, my go-to. It's my first thing, Carl, that I look at every morning. You're a chartist. I, you are. I, I am known as a, as a chartist. You're the biggest chartist I know. From way back. You are a closet back. chartist. <laughs> yes, I Carl, go in my closet. That's where, that, that's where that, all my charts are, actually, is in my closet. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jim. Um, David, if you go into my charts, closet, it's like stepping into Brioni's showroom. I'm sorry. <laughs> what, Jim, where do you think, um, when do the Mike Wilsons of the world and the Kalanovics of the world, do they break here? Or do they do they stick with their guns and, and say that first half's going to have some reckoning of some kind? What, was that Woodrow Wilson? Which Wilson? <laughs> yes, Woodrow was Wilson. That? Wilson, 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 Mr. Wilson. That's who it is. That's what I'm thinking, right? Because you see, he's kept you out of a great rally. You got you, you know, he got you out. That was terrific. And Jackson Hole, well, that was fabulous to get us out. But now we're all the way back to Jackson Hole where where you're starting to talk. Thank you, Mike Santoli, for this. So, look, I don't want, the guy's been right, but look, it's okay to say that he missed this rally. He might say, listen, I think that I said that there would be animal spirits and they're going to wind down. But what I think he got wrong was that he said that people would be very depressed when they saw the earnings. And I think, Carl, it's the opposite. They're seeing the earnings like Parker Hannafin, like you mentioned earlier. They're seeing the earnings uh, with the Illinois Tool Works, and they're saying, you know what? Things are pretty good. 
Like, did he really count on Mark Zuckerberg talking about how it was time to really uh, batten down the hatches and make a lot of money for shareholders and buy back $40 billion worth of stock? I don't think he counted on that. So Mr. Wilson didn't count on the earnings being great. You know, I sometimes think back to what Chuck Robbins told Jim, David, a year ago, when that is the danger of talking yourself into a recession. And maybe we're at a period now where we can say, did we avoid that? We'll see. Yeah. Well, the consensus certainly seems to be reflected in the marketplace that that is a stronger possibility now than it even was a few weeks ago, Carl. Uh, Guys, for now, though, uh, Dow has some weakness down 260, giving back some of yesterday. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Hey, guys. With the Dow down 260 and the S&P up 27, United Health's down almost $20. Caterpillar's down 5 They don't like Honeywell's earnings. That's down about $6. So the important thing here is we are moving. And I want to take a look at the... Uh, we'll take it back, Bob. Uh, fix the audio. Apologize for that um, as we see some weakness here. But still circulating around 4150. Uh, and we'll watch the two-year, which got awfully close to a three-handle. If that closes with a three-handle today, it's going to take you back to September. A quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. You can sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club or just use the QR code on your screen. It'll take you right there. Speaking of bonds, we'll keep an eye on that, as well as Europe. Uh, The DAX, one-year high today. The Euro stocks 54% from the highs of last year. Back in a moment. Little rotation here as money goes into the Nasdaq out of the Dow. Let's get to Bob Bassani again. Hey, Bob. And a strange morning here. United Health down 15. They're not happy with Honeywell's earnings. That's down about six. Caterpillar is also weak. So strange dichotomy here. But it's the growth stuff they're going for. Just take a look at the sectors here. Kathy Wood's ARC fund just off to a great start. Five-month high there. Communication services been great. Meta strong. Alphabet strong. Consumer discretionary. Uh, uh, Amazon uh, in consumer discretionary strong there. And semiconductors also uh, strong. I want to hit on consumer discretionary. Home building stocks are hitting new highs today. So Pulte had a great earnings report earlier on. Uh, there's been several price uh, up, upgrades uh, to Pulte in the last few days. Horton's at a new high. Lennar's at a new high uh, as well. I don't think KB Home is, but it's probably very close here. Elsewhere, obviously, it's big cap tech here. Uh, Meta's just on file, fire, but Google Amazon, uh, Apple, all really strong. Growth is really back. This is a big trend in 2023. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg got a lot of comments about the love of efficiency. It turns out, you know, people like it when revenues go up and costs go down. Who would have thought? But take a look at the buybacks. Um, This $40 billion buyback is about 10% of the market cap if they actually go through with this whole thing. And they have been buying back shares. They're one of the ones successfully reducing share count. They had $2.4 billion in getting 2021. Today, they got $2.2 billion. That should say $2.2 billion. And that would be a reduction of about 10%. And if they go through with this buyback and don't uh, add more shares, that'll be a significant reduction as well. That, that count will go down uh, even more here. Uh, and this buyback thing has really been big in 2022, and it's continuing in 2023. You remember the Chevron announcement that got a lot of discussion last week. That was the biggest one. These are announced buybacks, not executed, $75 billion. But Meta is number two. Uh, but there's been a whole bunch of ones in the 6 and $5 billion range. Mondelez and BlackRock, uh, Bank of New York Mellon, uh, UPS, Marathon Petroleum, all have announced significant buybacks. So uh, Meta is really the second biggest one of the year. But all this is happening because corporate America is really flush with cash. 
2022 will likely be a record year. We don't have the final numbers, but you're going to see these are executed buybacks. Almost a trillion dollars bought back in 2022. Dividends were almost half of that. So buybacks are definitely more popular as a way of returning money to shareholders. If we get anything close to a soft landing, Carl, uh, there's going to be a lot more of this. Interestingly, Carl, I have not seen any press releases out of Washington from people who are outraged about Meta's buyback the same way they were outraged about Chevron's buyback, claiming Chevron should buy back, uh, should uh, take the money and go out and deal with uh, oil wells. I haven't heard anybody saying that Meta should go out and spend more money on the Meta universe or on virtual reality. I'm waiting for that kind of press release to come out of Washington, Carl. It's David, real quick. I mean, there is that 1% tax, right? So Washington yes. should be rejoicing a bit. That's going to add up to a fairly significant revenue number. It is. And what you can see is it's having no impact None. on their decision to do it. It's about cash. It's about it's about how much cash the individual companies are, are the cash flow that they're having. That's what's going to matter, not a 1% tax. Maybe one day when cars run on Instagram posts, uh, the, the White House will have some outrage, Bob. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Bob Pisani. We'll go to break here with the Dow down 180. Don't go anywhere. So, Jim, tonight on Mad Money, uh, we showed some video of your past back-to-school tours. Is this your first time out on tour in a while? And can you can you recreate yes, it, that energy? I sure hope so. Uh, this is such a great school. I know from Summit High, where my daughters went in New Jersey, this is a place that everybody wants to go now. Uh, I don't blame them, so I want to teach a master class, and I hope people attend. It's so beautiful here. I think people are going to cut my class, but we're still going to try to do our best. And I want to thank University of Miami. I want to thank uh, Casey Sullivan Let me come down here. This is a big deal. And, I want to, and the tour's back, Carl, and it's just like the old days. And the old days were great days. <laughs> you got that right. Uh, although not as good as today. It's so good to see you out again. Lucky, lucky no, students I'm as well. I'm so thrilled. Uh, Thank we'll you. see you tonight. Thank you very much. Uh, Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern time. When we come back, uh, we'll get some more reaction to Meta's post-earnings rally. Uh, best day for Meta in 10 years. Back in a minute. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve with the help of T-Mobile for Business. Our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 